with soft hands, the burning cigarette, and the pale, smiling, handsome, dull-eyed face. His gaudy cowboy outfit for the nonce disappeared. The last puff from one of those expensive cigarettes was now blown languidly forth, and Jargon snapped the butt high into the air and turned his head a little to watch its course. It was the blue-blue time of the evening of that spring day. In the west there was still a strong blur of color, but all the rest of the sky was deepest blue, and the mist in the pretentious square around which Bighorn was built was blue also, and the statue of Columbus in the center of the square was withdrawn to a greater distance by that same blue haze. In the beginning, Bighorn was founded with great hopes. It was to be a rich metropolis. Its central life was to turn around this square. But alas for great hopes, the metropolis failed to grow. There were not even enough houses completely to surround the square. They merely outlined its magnificent dimensions with sketchy strokes here and there. Having watched the falling of the yellow burning cigarette butt against the thickening twilight, Jargon allowed his careless eye to roam over the houses of the square. They were not beautiful, and Jargon loved beauty, but he endured in Bighorn partly because it had something more than one narrow, dust-blown street to look out upon, and partly because it lay in a region of golden sunshine, eternally warm sunshine. The sun was necessary to Jargon's happiness. Without it, he withered like a tropical plant. He had been known to walk bareheaded through its noon blaze, yet his skin remained pale. Indeed, he was an exotic, a strange fellow, and he was so equipped by nature that at every pore he could drink up physical pleasure. Just as he enjoyed the white-hot noonday, so also he found enjoyment in the magic closing of the day, and the falling of evening like a fog, so that voices up and down the street sounded small and far away, and there was no rhyme or reason to anything but sleep in this gracious world. He had lain there smoking with closed eyes, thin wisps of dust trailed through the air from time to time. But even this was not unpleasant to him, for he could detect the strange, biting tang of the alkali in that dust, an odor that whipped into his mind the terrible picture of the dead desert. Jargon had crossed such a desert on a dying horse, his own life fainting in a wounded body, and far away the pursuers dancing in small black dots on the horizon mirage. Now the scent of the alkali brought that old torture burningly home to him. But on the other hand, he had only to turn his head a little in order to hear the cool clinking of the glassware in the bar where men were drinking, and from which, again, other odors stirred, of a newly wetted floor and of many drinks in the making. To him, then, the square was not altogether ugly. So he stared at it after his cigarette had fallen into the dust beside the hotel veranda. Yonder two children were playing ball and running with a mad abandon that made a faint sweat start on the brow of Jargon. His heart was in more perfect accord with yonder peak-hatted fellow who lounged beside the great statue of Columbus that a rich and drunken miner had donated in a careless moment. The man was standing, but his slouching attitude indicated that he was upon his feet with the minimum of effort. He was making a cigarette that he placed between his lips. Then he produced a match. The smooth brow of Jargon gathered in the slightest frown. Something annoyed him in that sight. He did not know what. The man's hand moved in a wide arc as he struck the match against the base of the statue. Then he lit his cigarette. The evening was sufficiently dim to make the flare of the match quite visible even at that distance. Jargon frowned more deeply. He was expectant of something else. But what? 
The fellow now walked away, and Jargon followed him with intent eyes. He crossed the square. He came up the hotel steps. He walked down the veranda, a tall, slender-hipped, wide-shouldered man with a dark skin and the smoky eyes that betray Indian blood. He looked like a Mexican. He might very well be from the south of the Rio Grande. Yet there was a difference. He had an excessive and stiff-necked dignity, for one thing. Altogether, he impressed Jargon as being a novelty among cowpunchers, in spite of the Catholic conformity to custom of his outfit. Jargon rolled back in his chair again. It was his special chair that no other man in Bighorn presumed to sit in, even when Jargon was not on the veranda. It was made with a long, low-reclining back, and there was an extension in front upon which he could rest his legs. Now he stretched his arms along the wide arms of the chair and felt the comfortable support pressing against him. Closing his eyes, he wondered if he would be fool enough to answer the impulse that bade him to go to the center of the square and stand...